Welcome, folks, to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Every week, diving deep into the truth of Catholic social teaching and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We are coming to you from these United States of America, here in the middle of the country, Des Moines, Iowa, convergence of two rivers, everything you really need to survive, uh, where we both work at Mercy College of Health Sciences. I am the Senior Advisor for Mission Initiatives and Director for the Center for Human Flourishing. Bud, what are you up to at Mercy College? I am the Associate Provost. We have all sorts of fun activities, if by fun we mean careers, uh, pathways to careers that will change your life and also change uh, communities' lives. MCHS.edu, we want to thank Mercy College for underwriting our show but a whole slew of exciting things happening. We have presidential candidates running yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, we have spring break that just got over. We have uh, the Center for Human Flourishing has uh, our good buddy and all-star Charles Camosi coming to Des Moines April 6th. That's uh, at 6 o'clock at the Pastoral Center. But the bigger deal is if you go to mchs.edu slash flourish, when the event happens, we will have that live. What's some other things that I'm missing that are happening at the good old Mercy College that underwrites our show? Well, if I could jump back to one, you mentioned the presidential candidates. And, you know, doing interviews on the surface can sound kind of boring. But uh, I got to meet a few of those folks last week, and I was actually sort of energized by it all, just hearing, uh, you know, these candidates who I think are really interested in what we're doing at the college, but also, like, sharing their vision of what that will look like. So, yeah, please pray for us. I think I can give listeners, like, an action step over the airwaves. Yeah, it's please. not asking to give any money to anyone, so <laughs> prayer is good. Yeah, please pray for our work. I think it's great to have, like, a Catholic college right in the heart of Des Moines, Iowa. And so, like, we want to be faithful to those um, that great gift that's been given to us. MCHS.edu to check out uh, not only what all we're going, there's even a president search uh, bar over there, but also uh, just to see the... The, the array of ways that we are providing um, people to enter into the health sciences field to be a part um, of our community. But like we said, mchs.edu slash flourish for the Center of Human Flourishing. And uh, April 6th, like we said, coming up here soon. But it is March, so therefore there is madness. Yeah, um, no doubt. We probably shouldn't mention how bad the Big Ten's doing. The Big Ten and the SEC both flamed out, but... The Big Ten looked particularly bad because the committee put in nine teams, and one of them advanced to the Sweet 16. So I was like, man, I'm not doing that bad in my, my job. That's right. It's like the Big Ten could pull off one of nine that could advance past the first weekend of the tournament. Now, I have um, – so Bud and I have been in the same uh, tournament bracket for a long time. and Is it's that a, going this year? I submitted one. Yeah, same Good. here. Yeah, so you yeah. can go and look – what I what I think is happening at the moment, Bud, is there's people who are in the lead because they have the most choices, but they have the least points possible. Oh. So it's very interesting to see, will there be a dark horse, maybe, for instance, some kid from Oklahoma that chose Texas Tech, uh, or will some of your longtime friends who are currently in the lead hang on for dear life yeah. uh, in order to take the prize? Well, my picks have always been very influenced by my... Um, fan fandom my affections <laughs> right and so like in that in that competition i'm doing horrible because i think i picked arkansas to go to the final four <laughs> that didn't pan out um but in the one i'm in a neighborhood one i lost kentucky and a lot of people lost them and i still have arizona and gonzaga alive so well they're in know, the finals in that that one there's uh you know there there's there's always hoping there's always uh everybody has their 
their hopes dashed. But then we also always have the best of Cinderella's. We have to hand it to the Jesuits, right? Always figuring out how to get people into the Sweet Sixteen that no one thought about. <laughs> if you if you just picked like Catholic sympathies this go around, it wouldn't have been too bad. Yeah, but, like Villanova and St. Peter's. Creighton almost knocked off KU, so. Yeah. Next year, I might just go all Catholic. They should do. Just, you know, that, that's that's showing it up is that, like, we don't have Gonzaga. enough faith. That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, folks, speaking of faith, you want to have faith in this series that we've been having. We're going to continue it further. Sacrificial leadership in the Catholic key. Um, we, we got into Frenchies last time, bud. We were talking about Rene Girard and these big ideas of the scapegoat. But hopefully we can um, pay it off a little bit. Um, in the particular, probably got some you-know-us folks get a little bit philosophical, uh, but try to land the plane about how it is that on the ground, leaders who believe uh, what the Catholic Church teaches, we think should have a bit different sort of leadership style precisely in imitating Jesus Christ in his self-emptying. So this is The Uncommon Good. We'll continue that right after this break. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. They provide unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules, all part of the Mercy College experience. Learn more at mchs.edu. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Skeffington's Formal Wear, in business since 1951, with locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Coralville, and Ankeny. Skeffington's Formal Wear, fitting you for life celebrations. Online at skeffingtons.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. David Ball from Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-255-3546, dmisurgeons.com. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Fast Signs. Learn more about their signs, digital signs, banners, and other products and services at fastsigns.com or 515-224-1210. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally since 2012 and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers. Confluence Brewing Company, 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dental Associates, addressing your smile needs and dreams. 515-225-6742. Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. The Uncommon Good, Beaumont Dr. Bud Mar, joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the show. Bud, to continue on our merry way, talking about um, uh, sacrificial leadership in the Catholic Church, how imitating Christ and his self-emptying nature should change how our leaders look. We have been marching down. Um, we, we hope everybody's been uh, had the chance to go listen to the former episodes, but we've been marching along 
really considering this idea that what it means to imitate Jesus, not only sort of theologically, but in his life and what he's done, what we know of Scripture. And we've sort of uh, brought in friends along the way, uh, Talib, Gerard, names that you don't have to know by heart, but have added theories that we hope um, make some of this more concrete. We promised last week in the show that this episode would be leading with our wounds. And so what do we mean by that? Because that can sound, I don't know, but unsanitary perhaps, <laughs> at least painful. But I think one more time we turn to a fact about the reality of Jesus and then try to consider what that has to say to us about leadership here on earth. So when Jesus Christ is resurrected, after he has be willingly become the scapegoat, He's resurrected, and in that resurrection, of course, he shows his power over life and death, but he also demonstrates the sort of ineffectiveness of the violence and division that all those turned against him uh, would do. He exposes the scapegoat mechanism that in, it indeed does not exhaust um, all of that uh, sort of opprobrium and, and hate and, and, and evil but that willingness to sort of suffer for others, to be set apart for others, like we said, that to be strong for the sake of the weak, as we said last show, allows for this to happen. But quite, in you know, very interestingly, but he doesn't get resurrected and sort of just throw this all to the side. We very much see in the resurrection episodes that he's resurrected with the wounds of his crucifixion. And indeed, even at the end of time, in the apocalypse or the revelation of John, Christ still has his wounds. And you hear different saints talk about these as the five jewels of Christ's resurrected life that he leads with his wounds even now in eternity. And, but I guess the idea is whatever else we're going to say about scapegoat being willing to take on uh, the division of a place when you lead it, this idea that, you, that Christ leads even now in heaven with his wounds is both paradoxical but miraculous, and I hope that that's what we're able to unpack today. Yeah, this all kind of harkens back to some of what we discussed last week. So life on earth is characterized by strife and conflict. This happens in families. This happens in societies. It probably happens to some of you listening at your workplace. And the question is, when faced with that sort of reality, which inevitably comes our way, what do we do? And you mentioned leading with wounds, but we tend to think of woundedness as weakness. Um, It's like you're not up to the task in some ways. Jesus Christ became a willing sacrifice. And then, as you mentioned, even in heaven to this day where he's ruler of all, where he's, he's king, he still bears those wounds in his body. What does that mean for us? Well, there are a lot of ways we could unpack this. I think immediately of um, the civil rights movement, and I'll, I'll draw this back to something that's like applicable to our lives today. But I bring this up because you may be saying, well, Bud doesn't understand like really how bad my workplace is, the kind of like challenges we're facing. Well, you know, I mean, a rough state of affairs is segregation in the middle part of the 20th century. And in that, in the face of that sort of injustice, it would be quite easy to loathe your enemies and to say, my goal is to attain victory over them and then to make them pay for what they've done. And I think there were some figures who sort of adopted that modality. What you see in someone like, you know, I'll mention prominent ones like Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., is they confronted the one the evildoers, they confronted those who were wronging them, they didn't resort to violence, and their goal was not simply to overcome and to punish, but they, like you said, Bo, willingly took on opprobrium or injustice. In both Rosa Parks' case and MLK's, they were imprisoned I, you know, unjustly, and it wasn't until America saw someone like 
Rosa Parks lining up for um, what's the profile picture you take in prison? You're, oh, a mugshot. A mugshot. Like that sort of thing woke us out of the slumber that we were in. Now, translating this to your daily life is going to be kind of difficult sometimes, but you're going to have times at work where you face, we'll call them injustices, you see um, shortcomings in integrity, or you're just like you, you're, you're facing a challenge that seems insurmountable. How do we take that kind of leading with woundedness that Christ modeled in an exemplary manner and then others throughout history have imitated, you know, especially the saints, of course, how do we live that sort of out uh, in our workplace, in our family life, et cetera? I think it's important to point out because it sure can sound like when we say things like be a servant leader, be a sacrificial leader, lead with your wounds or lead with lead with woundedness, that it can sound like we're enabling. Yeah. That's the, one of the, 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 the chief temptations is you're a doormat. You let people run over you and then you enable them. But it's important, right, to, to, to ask what is it that we're going to be able to do to call attention to how the way of division, the way of hatred, the way of injustice doesn't work. And to oppose injustice with injustice, to fight fire with fire in this case, truly is just to perpetuate it. We talked about that last time with this mimetic contagion, this idea that there is no end to strife and that strife is a perpetual motion machine if you let it. Now, it's also the case that if you don't speak up to it and you don't say anything to confront it, that too enables it lets it occur. But in all of these examples, we never see someone who just let people run them over. Christ was like a lamb to the slaughter, but spoke truth to Pilate. And when the was confronted by the Sanhedrin, admitted who he was. And in his resurrection, not only does he show the power of God, but by remaining with those wounds, calls out the injustices of all time yeah. in showing the suffering of his cross. When you talk about your examples, Bud, for instance, in the civil rights movement, again, this was not let the people, the, who were the, the, the white people running segregation and treating um, black Americans unjustly keep on doing it. It was to allow this to happen in very public venues to show it for what it was so that people could no longer act like it doesn't happen. In many ways, sacrificial leadership, by allowing that opprobrium, that division, that hatred, to fall on us, to be the scapegoat momentarily, not because the scapegoat works, but to show, uh, to, to extinguish its power, is to, in fact, use this, the tradition, as it were, against itself. Another civil rights figure, if you go back further, Frederick Douglass, in his very famous and one of the most powerful works written in America, uh, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July, his entire point was that America has ideals about how to treat people and it has failed them miserably in how it has treated Africans that have taken as slaves and brought over to the United States. And it's precisely by not ignoring it or pushing it to the side or trying to quietly integrate into society. Frederick Douglass had to run for his life not only to escape slavery, but when he spoke out and told about his life as a slave, he was under constant death threat and had to leave the, 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 uh, America in order just to be safe. But he allowed that opprobrium to come onto him so that the evil and division could be exposed. Leading with woundedness, bud, is actually a very strong thing to do. It is not the weak-willed who do it. It is not to be ran over or a doormat. It is to quite firmly place oneself in the middle of the most contentious aspects and let those things and divisions fall on us so that there 
incapacity to succeed can be exposed. The unjust one will fail. That's what Psalm 1 talks about, right? Wickedness is its own failure, but it must be exposed as such. Otherwise, people will keep on with the myth that violence and hatred division will be successful. Yeah, another angle at this is last week we, we talked about these different groups that and their relationship to Christ, like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, etc. And so you you start to begin to think to like the various like responsibilities that God sends our way. And there's the temptation to be a doormat. And I think with with the doormat approach, it can also be a kind of withdrawal, like either a sort of like lack of concern with what's in front of you or you know, some folks will say like, well, the problems are too big. I'm just going to go find something different or we're going to abandon education altogether. The flip side of that is more like the zealot mindset where I think for the zealot, like they see the injustices and they feel them strongly, but they, they sort of pin it on another person. And so that's the kind of like, I need to, so like thinking about our organizations, like if I just like, if I'm able to excise this one individual, like everything will be better. But a lot of these dynamics, they take on lives of their own. And in society, like the way that St. Paul talked about this is like as principalities and powers. But sometimes even like our families or our workplaces can become, they can become like overrun by dynamics that started out as like a personal vendetta and blew up into something greater. And so like what we're saying, Bo, is like if as Catholics we're committed to something like God has called us to heal people, we want to run hospitals, or God has called us to educate others and so we're going to run schools those things will they're going to face obstacles at different points in their history and the question becomes how can we how can we confront those head-on without imitating the same sort of like we can call them demonic like the negative dynamics that they're perpetuating without abandoning the vocation to which we've been called and sometimes i mean frankly that does look like defeat in the present so you know, J.R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings, he talked about the long defeat. And what's interesting is, like, God has designed the world in such a way that if you give wickedness long enough of a chance, it will defeat itself. Uh, yeah, I won't get into how he, like, works this out in The Lord of the Rings. But, like, I, I think, like, at this point in American history, like, sometimes we ask ourselves, can we continue to run hospitals? Can we continue to run schools? Because we're, we're facing all these external pressures. Well, we don't have to worry about that. Like, we can be creative in the moment because we know – like where victory ultimately resides. And if, you know, someone happens to shut down our school or whatnot, like God will draw up something else from the ashes. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of jumping all over the place now. No, I think that's actually a good way to enter into the break, precisely this idea that this is in the Lord's hands. And that's exactly how Jesus overcame the grave. This is the Uncommon Good, and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. CTOiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Permar Security, a Catholic-owned family business providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar 515-244-5660. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio was provided by Bows and the Florist. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, weddings, whatever the message, say more with Bozen. Bozen.com, 515-244-ROSE. Bozen makes the moment mean more. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a full-service residential and commercial roofing contractor in the Des Moines area since 1988. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Bell Construction, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Catholic Charities, where exceptional service is a hallmark in caring for those with essential needs, including food pantry, professional counseling, emergency family shelter, and refugee services. CatholicCharitiesDM.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Learn more about Five Sons Naturescapes at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Ashworth Vision Clinic. Complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. 515-440-4610. AshworthVision.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mary's Cleaning Care. Mary's Cleaning Care cleans everything from residential to commercial in Des Moines and surrounding areas. Mary'sCleaningCare.com Thank you, Mary's Cleaning Care, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Dr. Bud Marr joining you this Wednesday. Wonderful to have you with us. Bud, to try to land this uh, you know, fantastic show, and I don't say that because I'm part of it. I'm saying that it's always wonderful when the Holy Spirit works out some of what we, we know going in. We want to talk about something, and then it sort of works itself out. And one of these by talking about leading with wounds and leading with our wounds and leading with woundedness is precisely how you ended the last segment, talking about our willingness to fail in a way that other leaders and other aspects of the world can't because they don't have a faithfulness like Christ's. Christ knew that the Father had enwrapped him in his love. And so to go die on the cross, Christ had the faith to know that the the Father would rectify that in the resurrection. And so our ability to also lead with wounds is not only to take on the woundedness and division and sort of exhaust it and expose it in how people are treating us, but it's also to be willing to, to fail because of our faithfulness in ways that other places can't. And that, weirdly enough, to go back to uh, something we've talked about before, that makes us more anti-fragile than some people that have to be resilient. They have to stick to one thing. But we, we, we die and resurrect as Catholic institutions all the time. Yeah, I was listening to a talk recently, and the speaker pointed out that if you had witnessed the crucifixion at Calvary— when you went home to your family and friends, you would not say that you had witnessed a sacrifice. You would just witness a bloody execution of like a political radical. But Christ, through the celebration of the Last Supper, the, the institution of the Eucharist the night before, transformed this execution into a sa- sacrifice that was like an expression of God's great love for us. And I think about that in relationship to all the work that we're called to do, Bo. As, as Catholics, as Christians, like we can be like we can take risks that the world cannot because we know we'll ultimately be judged by faithfulness and not by other criteria. So that means, for instance, with our hospitals, we can welcome people and we, we have to from all backgrounds, regardless of sort of like their financial situation. And paradoxically, like to the eyes of the world, that doesn't make sense. Like fiscally, it just seems like so misguided. And yet paradoxically, like people have turned to Catholic institutions over and over in history because we were characterized by that sort of abundant self-giving that didn't make sense to the world. I mean, I think it's important to think here in Lent uh, when we're recording this 
that it's easy to think something like um, fasting is a sort of scarce resource management, but it's actually not because what it actually is doing is saying, okay, don't get obsessed with the things that pass away, like the things of this world, because there's actually an infinite, inexhaustible resource, which is the spiritual world and the love of God. And because we know in faith the inexhaustibility of that sacrificial, self-giving, self-pouring love, we can do like Christ does. We don't have to worry as much about the world hating on us. We don't have to worry about feeling like or looking like failures because we know with that great faithfulness that Christ uh, exemplified, that God is working in ways that we don't even have to see clearly, which is another thing, right, that if the world sees leaders as like all-knowing or like always knowing what to do, um, this great freedom of leading with our wounds should set us apart as much as that sounds risky and scary, bloody, and, and even painful. And I think that like that is a perfect way to wrap up uh, the show. So, uh, you know, thank you for listening. And uh, this is The Uncommon Good. May Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, reign in our hearts, our family, our city, our state, our nation, uh, solar system, galaxy, the whole kit and caboodle. This is The Uncommon Good. And we'll be back next week. But if folks want to be a part of Iowa Catholic Radio and join in our prayer life, what are the ways that they can do so? Yeah, as you continue to journey through Lent, please join us in praying. We broadcast the rosary at 6 a.m. and 10 a.m., the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 2.55 p.m., and you can pray the rosary anytime, anywhere using the Iowa Catholic Radio app. If you want to make sure to keep up with all we're doing here at Iowa Catholic Radio, that's also easy to do. You can uh, interact with all of our social media, so Iowa Catholic Radio uh, friends on Facebook at IA Catholic Radio uh, on Twitter. You can download the Iowa Catholic Radio app, listen live uh, there as well. You can go to iowacatholicradio.com, listen live, find out all that's going on, and also donate to keep going uh, what's going on. Events in and around the diocese are there too. For instance, Steve Ray is going to be in town uh, at different moments through April. Uh, Man Up Power West Lunch, Friday, April 8th, for instance, as well. Um, we want to also, uh, in July, July 24th, we have Scott uh, McCreary and special guest uh, Ali Colleen for the Iowa Events Center Ballroom. Um, but we also want to make sure one more time to invite you out to uh, mchs.edu slash flourish on April 6th to check what's going on with Charlie Camosi and the Center for Human Flourishing. Uh, all of that you can go check out iowacatholicradio.com or call 515-223-1150 uh, to find out more or uh, donate as well. Bud, um, may your bracket shine brightly, and uh, hopefully uh, your uh, spring is sprunging in a good way as well. Yeah, thank you. So remember, folks, to pray for us here at Mercy College and uh, pray for uh, everyone in the diocese. This is The Uncommon Good, Bo Bonner, Dr. Bud Marr, and we will be back next week. The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr is heard every week on wonderful Catholic stations like this one. And anytime on podcast, just search for The Uncommon Good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and The Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences. Learn more at mchs.edu.